we're nearing the end of National Eating Disorders Awareness Week and there was a recent survey that was done that is shedding some light on the challenges faced by parents and youngsters dealing with eating disorders. The survey was done by the Silver Linings Foundation and it suggests that youth, youngsters, are either not sick enough to be admitted to the hospital or too sick to access day programs. That's, you know, a huge challenge right there. Marlies Van Dyke is, uh, is the executive director of the foundation. She joins us now. Marlies, thanks for making time for us today. Thank you for having me. All right. So I have all sorts of questions uh, here. So I'm, I, I'm just going to start with a, with a few of them. And you talk about um, the importance of raising awareness about eating disorders. So I thought maybe we could start there. Are eating disorders a mental um, illness? They are both a mental and a physical okay. illness, but because of the complexity, it's widely misunderstood and there's huge stigma. I often say it's like, you know, suicide and depression was 10 years ago. No one talked about it. Mm. Eating disorders are still in that space. People generally don't want to talk about it. And, um, and, and I wonder, though, um, you don't want to talk about it, but I'm wondering how much, and this just popped into my head, social media is playing a role in this. Absolutely. Uh, social media, the pressures that kids are facing uh, across the board. So anxiety and depression is what drives eating disorders. Okay. And as a young person, not eating is the one thing you can control. It's the one thing you can do. It does have the highest mortality of mm. any other mental illness. So it is very serious and it can haunt people for decades. So it's not something you can turn around very quickly. Yeah. And when you talk about the mortality rate, I mean, you can talk about um, the rate of, of suicide among those with eating disorders, but also the actual physical, if bodies just give up, right? Heart attacks, that sort of stuff. It covers a wide range. Yes, exactly. And the medical profession isn't also very comf comfortable with eating disorders and knowing what to do. So a lot of physicians might even tell kids, just eat. Mm. And most people will say, please just eat. And that's exactly what you shouldn't be saying. So when it comes to treatment then, what is what have we seen work, works best for young adults with an eating disorder? Well, what we learned through this work that we've just recently, recently completed is that it's very individualized so that if you are very, very sick, um, you might not meet the um, criteria to be admitted to the hospital because your heart rate is still at a good, mm. good level. Yet then you're too sick for the day program and the day program you need to be able to eat a meal to be, to be enrolled. So one thing that's really missing in Alberta is a live-in treatment facility um, where you can spend 10 to 12 weeks sort of learning healthy coping mechanisms and being in a residential environment. Every other province has one except Alberta. Really? Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. I know, it's sad, yes. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it... Um 
long story short, but I had known someone um, with with an eating disorder, and and they ended up they were in the hospital. They were in the hospital for for a very very long time, and it seemed to me that there was. You know, there was this uh, disp- disp- uh, disproportionate, you know, like it, to me, the hospital didn't seem like the right place for them, right? Something like a live-in treatment center where they can get that full wraparound treatment, not, you know, just the mental health side of it and everything would have been much better than just being in a hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Like most mental illnesses, um, the community is really the best place to heal and to recover, which is very much possible. But the sooner you uh, address this, uh, the the better. If it festers and, and is with someone for a long time, it can haunt them into adulthood. Let's talk about about that that weight because I think with with anything when 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 someone says okay they they've realized they that they need the help or they're willing to get the help we need to jump on that right away I mean having it you know linger 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 we can't get you into a program here we can't you get into the hospital here yeah. that's 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 not going to help in any way yeah, that's right. And that's why we're advocating so strongly and we're talking to people like you mm. to, to spread the word because people don't really talk about eating disorders. No. So it's hard to to get attention and to get the services and resources in place. But um, we are seeing signals that things are heading in the right direction. Uh, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll increase this awareness so that uh, we can invest the resources in the right place. Tell me more about the Silver Linings Foundation. We are a charity and a foundation, and we offer peer support uh, help as well as support groups. So if families or youth want to reach out and need help or navigating the system, that's one thing we really found out, that people have no idea how to uh, maneuver through this complex system that we have. And so we will coach people on where to go for nutritionists, therapists. Mm. As you can imagine, therapy is the number one intervention for this mental illness. When 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 we talk about recovery from an eating disorder, what does that look like? You know, is it is it a six month thing? Is it a two year thing? Is it it's a rest of your life thing? <laughs> no, um, on average, it's eight years. Wow! So that is a long time. But if you catch someone early, which often you start displaying this at twelve, thirteen, so the sooner you can get to it, the shorter it will be. And that's why we want to advocate for more um, yeah. intervention in the school system and with sporting clubs to for people to start becoming familiar with what are the cues and the signs and knowing a bit more about it. Let's talk about some of those cues and signs. What 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 should we be aware of? Well, parents tell us, uh, told us last year that very much uh, something is off, like they don't know exactly what. And around mealtime, things can get a bit weird, pushing food around, going to the bathroom afterwards. And obsessive exercise is often a typical sign. And sometimes these kids are like, really good students, perfectionists, mm. you know, high marks. So it they look like the perfect child. Mm. Um, so those are some of the early symptoms. Okay. If people want to find out more, um, where would you point, what direction do you point them in? Do you, do you say, let's go to the foundation? Is that where you, you need to go? <laughs> uh, we have a number of um, uh, resources in this province. So you can come check us out at silverliningsfoundation.ca or you can go to our provincial group, which is the Eating Disorder 
Disorder uh, Network up in Edmonton, please reach out to your family physician if you have mm-hmm. one, a nurse practitioner. I know it's pretty tight these days, yeah. but start talking to people and don't wait. If you think something is off, just uh, overreact at this point in time. Yeah, Marlise, it's, it really is something. It's just another one of those layers. And when we take a look at the health care system, the mental health care system and, and, and what it's lacking and, and, and the challenges that we've certainly seen exposed um, uh, over the past number of years, especially this is just a, this is another area that I, I'm not sure that a lot of people uh, would think about unless they're going through it. I know, and I think a lot of people think, oh, it's anorexia, but we know that only really 7.5% of eating disorders are those typical anorexia nervosa and bulimia. There's lots of other things. Purging is actually our number one uh, uh, disordered eating Mm -hmm. signal. Um, So have a look at, at some other atypical behaviors around food yeah it's not yeah. always weight loss yeah very it's very it's interesting and, and it's um and it's complicated and and obviously um you know working in that area you're fully aware of that marlise thank you for helping us uh shed some light on uh, on this and certainly uh raise uh, a bit more awareness especially on this of national eating disorders awareness week thank you Thank you so much for the time. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, Marlies Van Dyke joining me this afternoon. So, again, uh, um, silverliningsfoundation.ca. But, again, don't wait. You know, if you're starting to see something... Uh, get moving on it sooner rather than later. But one of the challenges being is, you know, just the, the proper the proper treatment facility, right? Day programs is one end, uh, your hospital stays on the other end, but a live-in treatment facility, uh, something that uh, could go a long way to bridging, bridging that ga- gap and, uh, and, and helping, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these kids and, um, and not just kids, right not just kids not just girls it's you know it it covers it covers the entire gamut of those who anyone can have an eating disorder let's put it that way